0: For our message today, I want to kind of start to u- start out with a story. I don't know if it's a story, if it's more of an illustration. And I don't know if I'm in the right place or the wrong place. Let me try to move this over. There we go. I think that's better. So I'm doing something that's a little bit dangerous. Now, it's not physically dangerous, but I might lose your attention for some moment, because my illustration has to do with food. And for some of you now that you're, you're going to be thinking about other things or after-service or the fact that you didn't get a donut this morning or for whatever reason, but I'm going to talk to food, because you can kind of relate to food. We can all relate to food. Some, it's a happy thing, and some, it's not. But, but it's food. It's food. So... So as we consider food, we know that our bodies have a need for energy. Our cells have a need for energy. And no, this is not going to be an in-depth biology class. But we know our bodies need energy. And we know that God created us with the methods in order to consume food. We can consume food. But not only that, we can consume the food And it is digested and broken down and converted into energy for ourselves. So we have that capability. But not only that, God prepared food, created food that is applicable to energy for our bodies. So he created food that has what we need to get to supply that need of energy for ourselves. And he also created a means by which we can consume it, digest it, so it gets there. So, if we just had the food and we didn't have a way for it to get the cells, that would be a problem. If we had a way for it to get to the cells, to get the energy, but there's no food, that's a problem. But God made that capability. Now. I could go out and take some of that styrofoam. You probably, if you've ever been, nowadays with plays and things, they, they take uh, some of that thick styrofoam, there's a, there's a term for it, I don't remember what it is, but they take it and they use it for backdrops and they'll etch it and use a little little knife or a little flame to melt it and it makes a texture to make it, you know, it looks like a rock or it looks like this or it looks like that and, and then they, they air spray it, you know, use an airbrush to make it, I mean, you could make that look like a piece of steak. Can you imagine that? You'd have a little, make it like a steak. Or maybe make it look like an apple. You've seen the plastic. You've seen the plastic uh, fruit, right? Now, I could make a styrofoam steak. Maybe you've ate one at one of the local restaurants. Don't tell me which ones. But a styrofoam steak, and I go to eat that steak, and I can take that steak, and I can cut it up, slice it with the you know, my knife and I can eat it and I can probably chew on it and I can probably get it down. And as I eat that and I chew on it and I take it down, it does not meet the need of the cells of my body. That energy is not created. It might even be harmful to my body and so it is, passes through, just not to be too gross. But, body doesn't digest it. But see, God created us with the ability. He created us, but he created the food that can meet the need, and he created the ability for us to consume it and apply it to the cells in our bodies, and that's great. Uh, But if you don't actually eat, you don't pick up the apple, the real one, or eat the real steak, not the fake one, and I'm not a vegetarian, so that's kind of like a fake one. When I get fake vegetarian burgers, it doesn't go for me. I know it can be healthy, but okay, that's another comment. But anyway, if I eat that steak, if I don't eat the right steak, if I eat the fake one, it does me no good. I have went through the motions, but it doesn't satisfy the need. And it's like, all right, preacher, what in the world uh, does that have to do with this all? We should be grateful that God gave us the means and God created it. And sometimes people undermine or don't believe that God created it all. Somehow we evolved with the capability, just think about this, that the food evolved in such a way that it would match up with what our cells need. At the same time, our body was evolving in such a way that it could consume the right food that it would then digest the food, and then convert it into the energy, and somehow that just was magically evolved. Well, that takes a lot of faith. We'll talk about faith in a little bit. But I wanted you to see kind of what was going through and try to get a little bit of understanding as we turn our attention to the book of Ephesians, chapter 2. And we're going to be looking at verses 8 and 9. Ephesians chapter 2 verses 8 and 9. And remembering that I can consume the wrong things and if it's consumment it's not helpful. But God gave us the means to eat. He gave us what to eat and he gave us the methodology by which provided us the means by which it applies the energy. To our hearts. Ephesians 2, 8 and 9. For by grace you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. This is a good passage verses to memorize. For grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. Now when it says any man, that's mankind. So let's think about this a little bit. Think about the, the food uh, concept, the food illustration that we just used, that God gives us a gift why do I say God gives us a gift because grace is unmerited favor grace is God's extending a gift that's the sermon title God's grace he gives us a gift he provides us a way to access salvation he provided for the salvation Just like the food can solve the need of energy in our cells, Jesus loved us. Shed his blood on the cross to provide for our salvation. He provides a solution to the need of our salvation. That's his unmerited favor. He provided us the right solution to meet the particular need. So now we have access to it through what method? For by grace, this gift is given, for by grace ye are saved through faith. For by grace are ye saved through faith. Jesus' death and resurrection provides the blood. Through faith, we can be saved. God recognized the need, cared about the need. Jesus came for God to love the world that He gave. And while we were yet sinners, remember this discussion from last week? He extended His love and He died having the right solution to meet the spiritual need, to get the accounting right. And he provides the mechanism of faith. But he doesn't provide the faith. So let's walk through this just a little bit. We access this gift, we access this grace, just like we consume the food, God created the means by which we can consume the food, but unless we pick up the apple and pick up the steak, or whatever it is, and consume it, it's not going to get applied to the cells. It's not going to meet the need. It's going to cell's are going to shrivel and die. So we have to apply the food, Through consumption, through what needs to take place, and God provided the method, but He, we have to choose to eat it. Jesus' blood and resurrection. See, if He didn't, if He didn't rise from the dead, there was no be victory over death, no true victory over sin. That provides the opportunity. We have the capability through faith, but we have to eat it. We have to consume it. makes you think about the passage of Scripture that if you not, do not eat my blood, do we not consume it? There is no salvation. Think about this as you think about the Lord's Supper. We have to partake of that. We have to partake of the blood and body of Christ in the sense in a spiritual sense, in order to have our salvation through the mechanism of faith. See, God provides these mechanisms. There's a theological term called prevenient grace. He puts it it, as a possibility. The fact that he puts it as a possibility, is an extension of His grace, that we can even partake. That His shed blood is even available is God's grace. That there is a way that we can consume His or partake of that gift is God's grace. The fact that it meets the needs, God's grace. But, that's prevenient. He makes a way. It goes before. But when he actually saves us, that's grace. And how do we access it? For by grace are you saved? Through faith. Through faith. So we have the ability to have the faith. For by grace are ye saved through faith and that not by for for grace are you saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. So just like that food can sustain us. Is a gift of Him and the creation, and that's a gift, so is this a gift, the capability. Salvation is from God's grace. We must apply our faith, but we keep reading. In verse 8, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is the gift of God. When it says, and that not of yourselves, does that mean that God supplies you with the faith? Is the not of yourselves referred to the faith? Or does that not of yourself refer to the salvation? So I leaned on Adam Clark. He's a commentator from way back. And he basically asked the question, which is the gift the faith of the salvation, which is what I said. And so he references the Greek. Now, you may or may not be an English or a linguistic, and I'm not claiming to be. But I would like for you to follow along and pick up. Some of you might have had languages in high school or college. And we're going to talk about tenses here. Not tenses, but gender. Don't get confused with the gender we're talking about today and people having gender fluidity, but because the language has gender in it. English may not as much, but in other languages, the parts of speech have their own gender. So if I'm referring to a female friend in Spanish, I would say, Amiga, if I'm relating to a male, I would say amigo. In English, we say a friend. And so when we say a friend, and, and there's, that was a simplistic illustration, but that's kind of what we're going to talk about here. Because the Greek language, the biblical Greek that we're looking at, And let me just quote, I'm going to quote Adam Clark here. This will be a little bit academic. And then we'll bring it back together. But at some point, you might come back to this message and reference and say, did the preacher just make this up? Because you might read a different translation in English that confuses things. So, Adam Clark says, The relative tautu, which is Greek for this, which is in the neuter gender, not male from female, it's in the neuter gender, gender, cannot stand for faith, the way faith, the word faith is in the Greek, in this passage, which is in the feminine form. Remember I talked about amigo and amiga? Faith here is in the feminine form, but it has the whole sentence that goes before it, before it as it's antecedent. So let me bring you back to your English, maybe, of high school or other times. It's basically saying, when it says, and that not of yourself, or this is not of yourself, it's referring back to the salvation. Because it's in the neuter gender. It's in the neuter gender. It can't refer back to the faith. It was referring back to the faith. It would be in the feminine form of the word, this. Because some people say, by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself. The faith isn't even of yourself. Cho- you don't get a choice. No, it's the by grace are ye saved. That grace, the whole package of what he provides, the pre- prevenient get great, uh, grace, the prevenient opportunities, through faith, and that not, and that not, The that's referring to the grace. by grace you're saved the grace of being saved that is not of yourself it's not of works it can't be of yourself it's not of works God provide that but the faith even though he provided you the opportunity of faith he did not believe for you just like he didn't repent for you you had to repent scripture tells us about you have to repent he didn't repent for you, neither does He give you the faith to believe. He gives you the opportunity of faith to believe. And yes, you could say giving the opportunity to believe is grace. Yes, it is. But just like you, if you don't consume the food, you don't get the benefit of it. If you don't consume salvation through faith... you don't eat it, you don't get it. If you don't have faith, you don't get it. It's through faith. It's through eating the food that I get the benefit. It's through having faith I get the benefit of salvation. It's God's grace providing us the gift of salvation, the opportunity for salvation, but we have to have the faith to believe. Let me quote Adam Clark again. Without the grace or power to believe, no man ever did or can believe. But with that power, the act of faith is a man's own. God does not believe for us nor repent for us. We continue on. It says, Not of works, lest any one should boast. I can go through the actions of having faith in the wrong things, just like I can eat a styrofoam steak. But it won't save me. The styrofoam steak does no benefit. It might actually harm my body and the cells. And I can believe in a lot of things. I can create my own religions. I can create a plastic steak. A styrofoam steak and I consume it, but it's not going to meet the need. It doesn't match up. It's not of works. It's not through the religiosity. It's not through the activities of creation, creating our own solution, our own religion, our own righteousness that we are saved. Remember a couple of weeks back we have talked about it's not the sacrifice and the offerings he's desired. He desires a broken and a contrite, a humble heart. Not of works, lest any man should boast. Not of, look, I made a plastic steak. I made a styrofoam steak and I ate it and that saved me. That helped myself. No, look at me. Look at me. Let me put it on Facebook to show you. Let me put it on Instagram to show you all the righteous acts that I have, all the good causes that I have, all the people that disagree about with me that I put down, all the, I think we call that virtue signaling, if I elevate the fact that I can do the works, to create the plastic stake, to satisfy the need. I try to elevate myself to be God. Self-righteous, right? I elevate to see myself to be God and say, Hey, look at me. I created my own salvation. Which is antithetical to what did we talk about in the fall? She wants to be like, what's the temptation? You shall be like God. Oh, and his fell, he tried to elevate himself to God. The source of our salvation cannot be self righteousness because it becomes, if it's in self righteousness and that of ourselves, it is more like. The fall of man in sin and disobedience to God, that I don't need God, so I'm my own God. And so it undermines the problem because the cure that we come up with is by applying the poison the pride, the arrogance. It's not a pure, true cure. My works are insufficient. Even if I believe and have faith in them. See, some people try to manufacture works, some religions, some denominations are works based. If I go through these activities, I go to church at certain times, I do certain behaviors, I wear certain clothes, then I basically say, look at me. You know, putting that little fish on the back of your car doesn't make you a Christian. Neither does telling everybody else you're a Christian. There's an interesting passage of scripture. It talks about uh, a woman, a wife, whose husband's not a Christian. And it talks about, may your husband be one without a word, by your conduct. In the King James, it might say conversation, but it's by your conduct. It should be that the way we conduct ourselves is a reflection of what's inside. It should not mean that we need to declare it. We can declare it, like they said in the New Testament times, and they're basically empty clouds of noise. They're they're empty sepulchers. All polished on the outside. Remember Jesus talking about the cups polished on the outside. It looks great. But basically, it's death inside. There's nothing in there. But see, if what is in my heart will come out, and what comes out, comes out is what defiles me, right? So, yes, repenting because I'm changing who I'm following. Changes my behavior. But I can't go out manufacturing behavior to get a change of heartbeat. At some point, when I'm bumped, what spills out tells what's really going on. Some people are trying to generate styrofoam stakes that they have faith in. But they might as well be creating idols. And some of the virtuous things that we call virtue, and some of the causes, they become the idols. And you've watched some of the people that the ends justify the means, and then the, whether it's the global warming or it's the equity or whatever it, it might be, that becomes their religion. And if they're doing those things, that somehow that makes them righteous, but it doesn't. It's styrofoam state. And they can have faith in it and believe that they can change things, that they can create life, that they can control the earth and elevate ourselves as God. But it's self-righteousness. And we can go even on the other side through the religious activity of going to church and going through the motions or even paying the tithe or being on the board or whatever it is. or even being a preacher. You know, there's some preachers that, they're like, yeah, I, I, I ran into somebody and they says, well, I'll, I'll give preaching a try. They, they consider it's like a career choice. So I will tell you, for me, it wasn't a career choice. It was God saying, I want you to go do that. Because we see people that, that wear the religious emblem, and then we wonder about what? What are, what? what are they doing? We shouldn't have to virtue signal to everybody. We should just live our lives in accordance to God's will. Because it's not going to save us. It's not of works. It's not of works. For grace, for by grace are ye saved through faith, and that not of yourself, not of works, lest any man should boast. I can't manufacture it. I can't have faith in a plastic Jesus. Our religion, or a set of activities that I created that is sufficient to meet the need. Because the self righteousness is not going to cut it. We can't walk in in arrogance and say, "Look at what I did," and think that that works. Because the root of sin, the source of sin, kind of prides, kind of came out of out of pride. It kind of came out of the pride. So God's grace, God gives, enables us the ability to have the faith. God's grace makes available the blood that Jesus died that is sufficient for salvation. God's grace, in that when we apply it through faith, it actually saves us. He actually follows through on His promise. He gave us the ability. He gave us the means. That's all part of grace. But the faith must come from us. The ability and the means are God's prevenient grace, the grace that goes before. Are you thankful that God made a way for you? And have you... had the faith to believe. See, it's up to you. See, if he provides the faith, it's no longer up to you. But you have a choice. You have a free choice. Just like Adam and Eve had a choice, you still have a choice. And God gave you the means to get back right with God. God gave you the means through faith to have access to his grace. It's through faith you have access to his saving grace. But you have to consume it. You have to partake of it. You have to keep partaking of it. Because it meets the need. And maybe you at times have trouble where you try to do the things to satisfy the guilt for the wrong thing that you're doing. You know you're not supposed to be doing it, but what God really wants is repentance and obedience. And we have to follow through for that. We have a lot of challenges in this world and a lot of things going on. And there's some people that when they get in trouble, then they cry out to God for God to help them. And for some reason, they want then, they caused a problem. And they want God... To fix it and when God doesn't fix it the way they want it fixed it's God's fault who caused the problem see we don't go to God and apply this faith unless we're willing to repent and change and say here I am Lord putting myself on the mercy of the court. I'm claiming the blood of Jesus, but I understand that there might be consequences. I'm claiming the blood of Jesus so that I can have eternal life and be saved, but how you resolve the mess that I've made is up to you. And so if you have this faith in Christ to believe, you need to be trusting in Him. There's a song that says, When I took the brush back from Jesus. It's Chuck Melhoff's song, it's basically saying, I took the blood brush from out, back from Jesus, and then I started making a mess of the painting of my life. <coughs> but I had to turn the brush back over to God and let God. Because even though I accepted Jesus into my life, I didn't let him have control of my life. I took it back and I said, I want it to go this way. So I'm going to paint it the way I want. And God says, wait a minute. I want the brush back. But when I give the brush back to Jesus, he's going to take the mess that I made and it might not be exactly what you want or how you want it, but it's what's going to be best and you'll eventually see that even if you don't see it now. But you can't, take, you can't say, God, fix it. God, fix it, giving the brush and then grab hold of his hand and tell him, okay, now paint here, now paint here. Now go over here. You're not giving God the brush then. You've got to give it to him. You have to truly have the faith to believe that God can handle your life. If you want the full grace of God, not only for salvation, but for sanctification and to make things better in your life, then you have to have faith for it all. Have faith for the salvation. But give him and have faith in him for the aspects of your life that you are struggling with. God's grace is, what did Paul say? God's grace is sufficient for all my need. For all my need. Well, it's up to you. What are you going to do? Let's be standing together. Father God, I bring this message today to people in the vast spectrum of understanding, and the vast spectrum of their spiritual walk with you. Father, may those that were struggling with the concepts of maybe that they could come up with their own salvation be reassured that no, they can't, and for maybe it was just a deeper understanding of the doctrine and the teachings that they already believed. May we rejoice together in that your prevenient grace give us the means by which we can be saved and that your grace has saved us if through faith we've accessed that grace and given our lives to you and repented. Father, I pray for those that try to manufacture, to try to tell the world through their causes, through their idols, to the religions that we've stood up, our styrofoam stakes that we think looks so good. They go down hard. And they don't satisfy. And Father, maybe some, dear Lord, are struggling to have the faith to allow you to handle all of their life. Fixing their mistakes. They're having trouble with the faith to believe, okay, But God, if I turn this over to you, what will you make me do? Lord, they want you to have control of their life as long as they still have control of the brush. So whether the ones that are struggling to have the faith to believe in you in the first place have maybe tried to do everything else they could to manufacture their own self-righteousness and to prove it to everyone else how righteous they are that they realize the only way we get the right solution to the, to the problem is through faith in the blood of Jesus. And for those, Father, that want to get closer to you, they realize the only way we get there is by having faith that you can handle all of our life. And just to surrender. Allow you to have it. And I pray to Lord that your Holy Spirit would move and each one would be obedient. We pray. In Jesus' name. Amen.